where we discuss all the people, places, and things that heal. Yes. And this week we have a dear friend of mine, Miss Indigo Phoenix. The way I describe her is the most thoughtful yoga teacher that I've ever worked with in regards to a sound bath. She has pages and pages and pages of notes that she walks us through, be it in regards to astrology or positive affirmations, like she says in the episode, just like little nuggets that she wants people to be able to take with them after the the yoga class. And she has a chakra series where she talks about the shadow sides of the chakras. And we got so carried away. We didn't even get to it. We didn't even get to it. So we will be having her on for a part two. This episode is walking us through the chakras from root to crown, and she is such a wealth of knowledge yeah. that, I mean, yeah. we had to do a part two. Well, I think it's so important because I think all of us, I mean, if, you know, if you're listening, whether or not you are, you know, a chakra guru and you know all the things or whether you've heard it enough, I feel like it's pretty mainstream now, right? People talking about the chakras and, and why it's important to be in alignment. But what was so nice is she walked us through each and really showed how they build off of each other, how they work together, both, you know, up the chakras and of course down the chakras. So it was just yeah, I there I feel like there was so many good takeaways and we also got to hear a little bit about her journey into yoga and how kind of her big tough life moments with grief and with an eating disorder also really brought her to the space that she is in currently and um and on her healing journey. So yeah. It was beautiful and it, it like her yeah, her energy too is just I don't know. Like, I I was just like, let's keep going. Let's keep talking. So we're really excited for you guys to be able to experience her and learn more about the chakras. Yeah. So as always, like, subscribe, leave us a comment, Um, any feedback we are open to. Thank you guys so much for listening. We super appreciate it. And we hope you love the episode. Yeah. Enjoy. I know we were just mentioning that not everybody knows about the chakras and for us, it's something that we kind of take for granted. So we wanted to start with you just explaining what the chakras are, how you kind of came to loving this Mm -hmm. world and all things chakras from a basic, basic level. Um, Well, the word chakra in the Sanskrit language means disc or wheel. So they basically represent these energetic wheels and centers that we have everywhere in the body. But in most cases, we're talking about the seven that run up the spine from the root of our tailbone to the crown of our head. And these are energetic wheels and vortexes of energy within us that represent these different layers of our psyche and of our experience, and they represent the elements. And they're basically like our energetic blueprint um, that is ever-changing and malleable. They're very sensitive to our environment and like the way that we grew up. A lot of the work that I've done with the chakras has to do with the way that the chakras affect us in our adult life based on our childhood and based on the way that we were raised or experiences that we had as young adults and what have you. They They represent the subtle body the unseen, the energetic part of our system. And like I said, that kind of energetic blueprint that really runs the show, I think, in a lot of ways, whether we're aware of it or not. Yeah. I love thinking of all of the chakras as fans in your body. Because when I start Mm -hmm. a sound bath, I always share that, like, if you're having anxiety, like, the chakras, the seven chakras are seven ceiling Mm. fans kind of like working in overtime. And if you're having depression, they're like going a little bit too slow. So a sound bath helps to just kind of align Mm. all of your chakras to moving at like a really nice regulated Mm. speed. So with that, can you walk our listeners through the chakras and kind of give them a little info about Yeah. So starting with the root chakra, the root represents the element of earth and really all that we experience in the physical world. Um, It represents our physical body, represents the relationship we have to the earth. It represents a lot and mostly our feelings of groundedness and security and safety in our bodies and in this world and abilities to feel connected 
to the world around us. And when our root chakra is balanced, we are feeling vital and grounded, comfortable in our bodies, and we feel trusting of the world around us. It has a lot to do with that, like safety and trust. Um, and this is like the earliest developing chakra it starts to develop from about six or the second trimester, six months to the second trimester in our mother's womb. We're receiving energy from the world around us before we even really enter the world through our mother. Yeah. And so because of that, any any trauma or any experiences we have as an infant really affect this root energy. And if there's lack of security or safety in the home, that can really affect our ability to feel safe and secure as we grow up and can cause some real issues in the root. And it's also like the foundation of our being, like very root of who we are. And so if this chakra is out of balance, it really throws off every other chakra. Like we can't really find balance if we're not balanced in the root mm. at all. Just kind of is free flowing. And what um, I like to think about it is like an engine, if the wheel or if the engines just keep burning and burning and it's not really going anywhere, you know, spinning out of control, yeah. we're not grounded in the root. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is where we become connected to our sense of resiliency too. Um, that sense of resiliency that helps us to be motivated and move through hard times and be um, connected to our purpose here on the earth as physical beings and physical mm-hmm. bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of that wow. earthy energy and feelings of stability and security. And then we move up to the second chakra of the sacral, which is the element of water, one of my favorites. And this chakra has to do with our emotions and our pleasure and our ability to feel and heal. And it's also a very receptive center. This is where we receive a lot of energy, like like um, from our environment, from um, the world around us, sensations. This is just where we start to like get a lot of information from our from the world around us, and also has to do with our sexuality, mm-hmm. sensuality. Like I said, pleasure, um, and it's also where our, our inner child lives, um, the the seat of ah. our sweetness this is like where the sweetness of our soul resides because that's not like light and and playful and connective inner child and Mm -hmm. it can just be such a um, healing center but it's also where our shadow lives and where trauma lives in our body so it's it encompasses a lot the second chakra um i think going back to the first chakra a little bit this is like where people get really stuck and really rigid and being like in the material world, you know, and then they kind of, a lot of people get stuck at that base chakra and never move up to be able to feel Mm -hmm. and to like connect with the world around them in more sensory ways because Mm -hmm. they're so focused on building security and being um, grounded and like having a sense of money and finances have a lot to do with the root chakra as well. So if we're too focused on all of that, we don't really allow ourselves to feel the joy and the pleasure of life. And again, like that's where, this duality lives between um, light and dark in the second chakra. Um, it really brings to light being polarized within ourselves. I never thought of them like building off of each other like that. That's a really cool way to kind of totally, think about that's it. That's such an essential part of it, I think, is that especially when you look at it energetically, the way that chakras kind of share energy is in this kind of crisscrossing type of shape and then the root chakra is a yang energy and it rotates clockwise and the second chakra is a yin energy and it rotates counterclockwise so each one Mm. rotates in a different direction Mm. and is either yang or yin or yang and so in that way they really do feed off of each other in a very like snake-like cyclical kundalini-esque way so yeah the way that they all interplay is really fun to look at and really helpful in understanding just some of the more basic foundations of what they're here to teach us. Yeah, it's so interesting. I never thought about it like that. I kind of thought of them all as like just individual little receptors, you know, not like a nice building block. So I kind of like that uh, takeaway. Yeah. And then we move into the third chakra which is the chakra element of fire, the or solar plexus, Manipara, which in Sanskrit, oh, and I'll give the Sanskrit translations, um, Muladhara for the root chakra literally means 
like the root of our existence. <laughs> um, and Svadhisthana mm-hmm. in, in the second chakra means our connection to pleasure and to receive and that kind of sweetness of life. And the third chakra, Manipura, is the city of jewels. And this is where we mm-hmm. come into our power. It's the element of fire. It is where we begin to develop the ego. And, uh, and you know, the ego is not all bad. I feel like the ego has a lot of like nato- negative connotations around it. And while it's something we want to be really aware of, obviously, it is a really important part of our development as humans as it gives us a sense of individualization. It helps us to understand who we are, um, what's important to us. It's our center of um, action and power and will and determination um, without this inner fire. And, you know, it's at the core of our bellies, like just above the navel center, basically. So this is, you know, our core, our strength, our, um, like the part of our body that kind of holds us all together um, physically. And Mm -hmm. it is... Um, it rules our digest our digestion as well. Um, so not only the physical digestion of the nutrients and whatnot, but also the digestion of our emotions. This is how we process our emotions is all mm-hmm. in this like inner belly and gut area. Um, it's really connected to our gut brain, which, you know, we've been learning in science recently. Um, the gut brain has or the, the gut has just as many thousands of neurons as our brain does. And so it's just as much of a powerhouse of information and inner knowing as our mind Mm -hmm. yeah so the solar plexus really is that like spark of life what inspires us what helps us to know who we are and what makes us different from others it's this energy of Mm self-identity yeah it is uh, an area where i think a lot of people are also stuck in our modern day society of like you know coming into just being overly um focused on the self in some ways and some people kind of like skip over that second chakra and like really focus on the root and the solar plexus and get really like you know we push ourselves too hard and we when we work or you know i think we're we have to do things for others in order to be worthy a sense of worthiness is really or our sense of worthiness really lives in the solar plexus so it's a very interesting area because we have a lot of it mm-hmm. in our society, um, but not a lot of the mm-hmm. healthiest aspects of it, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing mm-hmm. too much and not receiving enough in that solar or in that sacral. But yeah, so solar plexus is mm-hmm. super important because it's where we come to understand who we are as individuals, which is such an important part of the journey. Yeah, Something I'll just throw in there, too, that's super interesting and was like a game changer for me when I learned it is that we have these two currents running up and down the chakras. The upward current from our root to our crown is our current of liberation. So like the current of that we find purpose and connection and like freedom in our experience. And we, you know, liberate ourselves from the heaviness of the lower chakras into the freedom that is the connection to source and divine. And the downward current is our manifestation current. So it's where we bring all of this higher wisdom, knowing, truth, expression, you know, all of that comes down in and through to the root to manifest in the physical reality. So that's Mm. just so powerful to look at because sometimes we are flowing more easily in one direction than the other. And we really want to balance those things out so that we are kind of not just manifesting things in our reality, but like liberating ourselves at the same time or that we're not just being too free and like, you know, losing responsibility, losing sense of the physical world, but we're, you know, and they can really benefit each other as you can imagine when they're both flowing equally. And with that, I love to look at the chakras as a rainbow bridge, or that's one way that um, they are often described as this rainbow bridge connecting the earthly planes with the heavenly planes. Um, So Mm. traversing our Mm. chakras is like a really beautiful symbolism of that, of this bridge that we cross to, higher knowing to self-actualization and connection to something bigger than ourselves while also being very embodied in the earthly presence and the beauty and the magic and abundance that is here on this plane of earth. Um, so yeah, it's a really beautiful. I love that. Wow. Rainbow bridge. I have a great solar plexus. So I have a great solar plexus mm-hmm. story. So um, when my husband 
was proposing to me, I was like in a complete state of shock that it was even happening. And I'm so thankful that my cousins, my whole family was there to get it on video. And my mom pointed this out before I even watched the video back. But while he was proposing, he kept like rubbing his stomach, like right where the solar plexus is as like a nervous thing. And my mom's like done yoga forever. And she was like, oh, like, his he was like wondering like is he worthy like his confidence you know like lacking like he was so worried and now when i watch back the video like he's just like pretend this is where the solar plexus he's just rubbing it over and oh like he was so nervous oh my goodness and i just love i love that little part of the story because it's not something that i had any like you know, awareness of in the moment, because I was just like, Oh, my God, it's happening, you know, like, wow. Yeah. And oh, my gosh, thank you for sharing. watching that back. It's like, yeah, it was so cool that my mom like, noticed that and could like pick up on that and, and share that with me in that moment. It was really like a sweet little nugget that I'll always yeah. remember. That's see, and that's just like really goes yeah. to show like how mind, body, spirit are connected in ways that we have no yeah. clue yeah. of until we're like made aware or look for the clues or what have you. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Because it's like whether you're into all of this or not, like yeah. it's yeah, happening. It's you. You, know, you can either <laughs> truly be into it or not is, is fine. It's not something that you have to like try to cultivate or try totally. to, you know. Right. Like, like it just simply is. Just, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And when we do come to like learn about it, understand it, it becomes so empowering for that reason because we notice the ways that it's showing up in our lives um, that we didn't, we weren't aware of before, or that um, can give us these little subtle cues about our experience or what we're moving through and whatnot, just by watching the body go through its like life and be, mm-hmm. and be what it is. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. Moving into the heart, which is like yeah, so to the heart. Yeah. that story. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the heart is this beautiful, beautiful space where we come into now that we in the solar plexus have, you know, formed our identity, built a ideally healthy relationship with the ego and know who we are and what inspires us and what drives us. Um, it, it, it opens up the doorway to step into the heart, this energy of connection with others, this energy of deeper connection with the self. Um, this is where we really find balance and harmony within our being. And uh, the Sanskrit word for anahata is, or is the Sanskrit word for the heart chakra is anahata. And this means unstruck sound. And I think that's an interesting out of all the translations of the chakras, that one always, I feel like trips people up the most. And it definitely did for me for a while. And it's very elusive. But what I see that as meaning is the stillness and the peace that comes when we are in true balance with our loving center. When we um, like there's there's no chaos there. The unstruck sound is just that kind of like sweet silence of peace and love and harmony um, that comes when we are just in full alignment with our loving center. Um, And the thing that's so beautiful about the heart is that we can connect our heart to any of our chakras and it will bring healing into that space. It is the ultimate healer and balancer of every part of our being. So just by simply placing our awareness on our heart and whichever other chakra, maybe like place a hand there, whatever have you can really drop us back into that love and that understanding of others, of ourselves as the center of compassion um, and the element of air. So it's very much connected to our lungs and our ability to (sighs) take a deep breath and be present and like, it's kind of with that unstruck sound like coming into deep presence and and peace and this is also our social identity um each of the chakras have like have an identity the root was the physical identity second chakra sacral is our emotional identity solar plexus is our ego identity and this is our social identity um so it's how we identify within the world around us with other people um how we identify with the relationships that we have with the people that we meet on the street and 
um, how we make sense of the world through connection with others. And the heart is just like the sweet magic maker and kind of where I feel like the show wants to be run from. And mm. it it really has this opportunity to bring us into greater peace and balance and understanding of how all these other chakras play into each other because they all come back to the heart and they all flow back into that sacred space. Mm. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. really, really special energy there. And part of, I think, my own work has been a lot in this realm of like, coming back to love, right? It always comes back to love. Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? It's because I love so deeply. Um, and I think that for that reason, love really has the power to change the world because it is that driving force of like connection and heartache and healing and self discovery through relation, which is like so much of a part of why we're here, I think is to yeah. be in relation with others and in relation with ourselves first and foremost and that's the biggest lesson of the heart is that if we're not in loving relationship with ourselves we can't really be in loving relationship with anybody else um, yeah not in a way that is mm -hmm. deeply fulfilling to all parties you <laughs> um, can definitely have love for another without having that love for yourself i think that's a misconception that gets thrown around a lot with the heart but there is deep wisdom there of learning to love thyself first <laughs> which in our mm -hmm. culture isn't taught yeah. thoroughly enough so it's a big right. big turning point for people when they recognize that that's so important and that it actually creates such shift and change in our lives mm -hmm. um, yeah the heart chakra makes me happy like oh when you see someone's new baby yeah. you know like you put your hands on your heart and you kind of take like that I love when you get that big like inhale mm -hmm. you know and you and you have that moment it's so like some, again, something we do that we don't even really think about. That's just so yeah. sweet. Yeah, I love and you, then, you say know. that too because it, it reminds me of like somewhere I read that the most, I don't even know, the most valuable or magical or like rewarding feeling that we can have is that feeling of awe, of just like pure mm -hmm. awe and like, mm. wow. And you do just even saying that, I just like feel my shoulders relax, my heart open and just like yeah. become more open to receive um and that, that's mm -hmm. another thing too with the yeah. heart is it's a it's where we give and receive love and energy and whatnot and yeah. um mm. something fun that I love to play with is we receive energy through our back body and we give energy through our front body so when working with the heart opening up and like opening up to intentionally open up to the back of our heart that's where we're receiving energy from the divine energy from others and when we open up to give from the front of our heart, that's where we're like able to give and um, share love with others. So they have this like interesting dynamic. And, yeah, you know, I think a lot of us are a lot better at the giving than the receiving because <laughs> the receiving can be really vulnerable. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but uh -huh. that is yeah. so much of the work yes. of the heart is opening up to be vulnerable with yourself and your emotions and um, that just sweet, gooey energy of love that is all around always yeah just opening up to receive that is life's work another another kelly my mom wisdom that she she shared that just made me think of that talking about the heart chakra and the the gasp like she said like anytime you gasp like pay attention mm -hmm. because that like it, you don't it doesn't happen often like let's say something silly like you just see a shirt or a dress at in a store and you say oh like that's for you because not every dress or shirt makes yep. you gasp or you get a text from someone, mm -hmm. oh, it's Ashley, oh, you know, man. like that, like pay attention to those moments. Cause that's like so much sweetness of life is in the gasp. And I never really paid attention to it until she said it. And now every time I have a gasp, I say, Oh, this is like a special. Yeah. I, love oh, I love that. Kelly's yeah. gems are so good. Yeah. Yes. She that's is. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and the, the way that the say or the solar plexus manipura leads into our anahata heart chakra is it it is the fire that fuels the the flames in the air of the heart so that kind of the stronger our fire in our belly is yeah. the more like free and open and like it just feeds those it fans the flames um, of the heart chakra so they're very connected in that way yeah. because that burning passion that you have in the solar plexus that starts with the desires mm -hmm. we have in the sacral 
and those desires are formed based on our needs that we have in the roots. So you can see how like, you know, needs turn desires, turn into passions, turn into love. And that's just like a really beautiful way that we move through the elements. And then we get into the throat, which is the element of sound or vibration, a little more um, etheric, I would say. But the throat Mm -hmm. is such an important center because it is one of the smallest chakra centers in the body because it's um, it's connecting our, our head and the rest of our body, which is through this like tiny little channel of the throat. And this is truly where we alchemize like matter into spirit and spirit into matter. And with, if we have any blockages in the throat, then we are unable to turn our ideas into actions. And we are unable to turn to transmute our, our wounding or our desires or our needs or our ego stuff into higher wisdom and into knowing and into that kind of space of creation and actually like transmuting and transcending if we're blocked in the throat um and this represents Mm. the energy or it just represents energy and it has a lot to do with our resonant frequency and being in a resonant frequency with our truth it represents truth and creativity and expression and one way to look at it is if you look at our because the solar plexus or the sacral excuse me represents creativity as well because that's where our you know sex organs live and that's actually where we create life um but when you look at the the sacral that is more of creation that is subconscious or unconscious it's what we're like really creating in Mm. in our world and a more um unconscious and kind of where we're receiving energy all the time so energy comes in through the sacral and comes all the way up and it is put like we give energy back into the world through our throat, through our expression, through our ability to sing, play, create, write, speak, what have you. Um, And so if we're blocked in our, our expression or if we've had experiences that made us feel unsafe to express ourselves, um, we just kind of begin to shut down as humans and we get disconnected from any higher self, we did get disconnected from our inner vision, being able to see into the future in a way that is supportive, which is the third eye. Um, so this energy of the throat is where we literally learn to honor our our energy and learn to honor our truth and to learn in resonant or to le- live in resonant frequency with our truth. Um, and this is where we discover our truth through expressing ourselves. And we start to begin to feel safe enough to express ourselves by that loving energy in the heart, you know, um, by connecting with others, by being seen and, Mm. you know, validated and not in the way that like, Oh, I need validation, but in the way of like, Oh, like I'm seen safe for me to express and be as I am because people love me and they know that I'm safe to be who I am. Um, and I've connected with people who Mm. are connected with myself enough to be able to step into a true and authentic expression of who I am, whatever that might look like. So that's a really huge mm-hmm. part of this flow here because if we're not expressing all that's working up in our lower chakras and we're not able to like see higher truth and actually step into um, this energy of self-actualization and we become really blocked in our lives if we're not able to turn matter into spirit and spirit back into matter. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. oh, and this is, I love that. I was like, just talking to my husband about that, like right before we jumped on, he was like, I'm just feeling so blocked. And I feel like we just had this conversation. really. Oh, wow. To it. Yeah. Right. And funny enough, like we sell, you know, we, we work with Laramar and we sell Laramar oh, and I was right. like, you need, where's your Laramar? Hold on. You need to, you know, mm. reconnect. Well, and it's so. such a foundational piece, this, this energy of being able to communicate ourselves right through yeah. any medium. Um, being able to just talk about what we're feeling or to um, have that sense of security to speak our truth, even if it's going to make other people uncomfortable. Um, So often we don't say what wants to be said Mm -hmm. because we're just afraid of other people like hurting other people. And we don't know how to say things in a way that is going to be received by others or that is going to be um, heard really. Right. Um, so this energy of being able to communicate our love and our, our, and what's important to us and all the things that we experience in our lower chakras is so vital to our, um, Mm -hmm. fulfillment and our happiness Mm -hmm. and our wholeness as humans. 
Um, and this is really where we are yeah. able to manifest too, like by speaking things into reality, like this is our center of manifestation in so many ways. It's like that. I think the step up from creativity is manifestation, um, bringing things into life, bringing things, especially from spirit into truth. You know, I think we get a lot of our mm-hmm. um, truth and our, and our self um, understanding that is beyond our physical being and beyond the the lives that we've lived, but like that higher truth really comes into play here too. Um, And Vishuddha is the Sanskrit translation of third chakra, and it means to purify um, and purification. And so this energy of the throat really is our purification center of what is non-truth and purifying it into truth or purifying it into authentic expression or purifying it into our authenticity, our ability to listen. And it's not just about this like puritanical culture of being like a good person. It's about mm-hmm. purifying what is not and resonant with our like deepest soul frequency. So it can really help us to kind of shake up energetically what is just not really ours or what's not really for us. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it all comes back to energy, right? Which is what the chakras really are all about. So um, yeah, the throat has a big role in our ability to thrive and to connect and heal in that way, mm. I think, because yeah. it helps us to bring truth out of every aspect of the other parts of our chakras, helps us to see and communicate and understand that. And back to the marriage thing, everybody, when you're getting married, everyone says like, communication, communication, communication is the most important and us being in therapy, I realized how important it was, you know, obviously for me to speak my truth, but to also like listen to his mm-hmm. truth and realize that like maybe the way I'm ex- experiencing something and the way he's experiencing something, we could be in the same experience, but we're having two totally different experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's tough to always show up and speak your truth and be vulnerable in that way. But then also the flip side of that is like being that mm-hmm. safe space for your friends, your partner, your family right. to be able to speak theirs as mm-hmm. well. And that's definitely something I've worked on in the last five mm-hmm. years or so, because I think it was very easier, much easier for me to like yell or be mad and like explode. And now it's like, yeah. okay, that's not very productive, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. for anybody here. So throat chakra was something that I've been working on a lot for sure in the last five I years. I think so. it's a place where a lot of us could spend a lot of time <laughs> working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, and especially like, I'm glad you said, I'm glad you brought that up, that, that part of it that is the active listening, um, listening to hear mm-hmm. and not listening to respond and listening uh, more deeply, you know, and in this world, we're constantly bombarded by, vibrations that you know two or three hundred years ago weren't an issue especially if you live in a city right Mm. um so we're constantly like our throats working really hard all the time to try to keep us in alignment with our resonant frequency but there's so much crap that comes in like throws us off kilter or you know and that's you know has a lot and that has to do with our immune system and our thyroid and our ability to metabolize things as well as energy in the throat so it's like how we're metabolizing the stimulation of the world which is complicated in modern day society really yeah <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah very much mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. so just thinking of like us growing up in our generation of like no i was just talking about this with somebody the other day like no social media yeah. like you would have to like that there's a thing going around on instagram that's like remember when we have to call our friend and talk to their parent for a while until they got yeah. on the phone like there's just like it was so much of a simpler time and right. like i feel like an old per- person saying that just that st- sentence itself but yeah like it's just constant like if i if i lost my phone for two hours i think i would like lose yeah. my shit you know like that's right. not good that's really yeah. not good I need to be like, I think like on Sundays now I'm going to have like a little bit of a phone detox. I'm, I've just tried that yesterday. Um, but I mean, yeah, just constantly being connected. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 
not yeah so it's good. like there's pros and cons yeah. and sorry side note yeah. um we have a phone in in our unit in the building that we live in and my son just turned five and it doesn't really ring because it's there for the reception desk to call us or you know like connect that way and he looked at it and he goes mom what is that <laughs> and i was like it's a phone you don't even know what a phone is you know what i mean like Whoa. just that idea of like the phone on the wall and i thought Whoa. wow that's yeah, boy. That's perspective. Yeah. yeah, but pros and cons, yeah. like you said. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So vibration, sound, communication, truth is all a really interesting thing, and the way that they weave together um, is so intricate. And could you could spend like a lifetime, I think, just unraveling energy in the throat. Not that I mean, like throat and the sacral, <laughs> the way that we like receive information yeah. and the way that we mm-hmm. give information um, are just such core aspects of our experience, you know, mm. such, such fun, fun stuff to chew on. And then that moves us into the Ajna, third eye chakra. And this um, translates into pattern recognition and intuition. And so our third eye, right, has a lot to do with our inner vision as well as our outer vision, but very much so the inner vision. And um, this is where we begin to transcend the physical limitations of the lower chakras and um, see the world how we want to see it you know and there's a beautiful quote that um i found that really reminds me of this third eye energy it is we don't see the world as it is we see the world as we are and which mm. really goes to show you how we're all experiencing those worlds so different like you're talking about with your husband and that communication you know i really have to pause for a second like okay I th- mm-hmm. it feels like we're talking about the same thing but in reality, we're yep. talking about completely <laughs> different things. And you wouldn't know until you take the time to break it down. What are we talking about? What does this look like for you? What are you actually experiencing when I say this word? You know, um, like, what does this word mean to yeah. you? And so much of the energy in our third eye has to do with self-reflection, first of all, because it's where we get that, like, space to look at all of our patterns that we have developed through the lower chakras and through our life experience and whatnot and begin to assimilate them and make sense of them. And it also is where we have the most insight and where we can like imagine our lives It's where we get like, we can daydream. It also has to do with dreaming, dreaming, all these like inner experiences that we have have to do with the third eye and the big overarching theme here when we're working with the third eye is working with symbols and archetypes. Archetypes are everywhere in our world. And I I think Mm -hmm. we don't, or we don't understand them enough to like work with that. And we take it for granted, but like all the things that we think we know from like a mom to a teacher, to a hero, to a villain, all these things are like constantly being used to make sense of our reality archetypes Mm. and themes and symbols and archetypes themselves aren't really anything but symbols all meshed together to create a bigger vision or idea but it can be really powerful when we start to see the archetypes that make up our own inner world and our lives and how we see ourselves through the different lens of different archetypes and what symbols um are meaningful to us and like why dreams are so valuable to understanding Mm -hmm. the subconscious and unconscious mind Um, and because this is really where we bring the subconscious to life um, from all these areas in the body of lower chakras where it's running on a very subconscious or primal mode we get to kind of get that space to reflect and analyze and look at what's actually going on here and what do we want to do about that Um, and each chakra has a age of development which is when the external world is influencing the development of the chakra. And then every chakra also has an age of influence when that chakra's energy is influencing our external world. So it's kind of a a flip here. And the age of influence for, Mm. um, or the age of development for our Ajna chakra is our our adolescence. So when you think about it, like this is when we begin to like idolize people Mm. or you have like all those posters in your room of like models or movie stars or, um, you know, musicians, whatever. Boy bands. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, When we start to like 
look at these figures outside of ourselves. You know, we've, we've kind of come to understand ourselves, our ego, our relationships, our truth. And then we start to look outside of ourselves for inspiration and for ideas and stimulation and to start to make up, make sense of who we are and what it means to be a human in this life, what it means to be, you know, and, and in that way, are beginning to connect to something bigger than ourselves, right? May not be fully the whole shebang mm-hmm. of like spirituality and seeing like a higher force of God or goddess or um, source or creator, you know, but it's seeking outside of ourselves is like, oh, like I can relate to this other person. And it's also where we, you know, when we see someone who's familiar, that's a pattern recognition. We've seen that before. We recognize that pattern of what we're seeing. Yeah. Um And can help us to, you know, of course, like understand ourselves more psychologically by understanding all the pieces of who we are and being like, oh, okay. And that I think for me is really where like empowerment has been made. You know, I have always resonated with my intuition and it wasn't until I learned what the word intuition was that Mm -hmm. I was able to be like, wow, that's what this thing inside me has been this whole time. It's like taking pieces of the world around me and making sense of my own inner world. Um, Yeah. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it has to do with our pineal gland and having clear perception and just being able to think um, about our lives. It's, this is where like all the mental processes happen. (laughs) Um, And uh, another way that that's translated is um, to command so I like to think of it as like, this is our command center <laughs> in the third eye. It's really where we mm. um, make things happen in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then the crown chakra. Yes, the crown. Um, yeah. This is our Sahasrara. That's always a fun one to say, um, which translates into thousand petal lotus. Lotus represents um, the journey through the darkness of the mud and into full blooming and enlightenment of the Lotus Mm. itself and how beautiful it is to traverse that journey through the darkness and move up into connection. And the crown really is our connection to our inner highest self. It's our connection to the universe. It's our connection to higher knowledge, to... It's, it's where we are, the element here is just thought, or some people say there's no element. Oh, and for the third eye, the element is light, which is, of course, where we come to see and be able to, like, make sense of things and, and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, the element here is thought. So this is where we are really in our thinking mind and become the witness. This is where the witness, inner witness lives, um, that is not identifying as much with the self, but is identifying with something bigger than us. And... Um, this is really mm-hmm. just where all of that work, the transcendence happens here. And this is where we finally cross the bridge into the heavenly planes. And this is also where we can get the most caught up in um, attachments. And mm-hmm. uh, attachment to attaining enlightenment, right, is a very real thing. But yeah, the, the Sahisrara is just where we begin to realize and witness ourselves as spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm-hmm. All the pieces kind of come together and we're able to see from um, like a bird's eye view from not identifying as much with the physical body, but identifying with us as being spiritual and etheric bodies. That has to do mm-hmm. with our ability to understand the world around us, not just to perceive it, as like, like quite little mm. perceiving, you know, through the third eye, we're just like taking information in and making sense of it. But um, the crown is where we begin to understand and assimilate and download that information and like come to greater awareness. This is where self-awareness lives, is in the crown. And I just love how it's all the root chakra all the way up, you know, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, white. I love how it's just this most beautiful, how you say like rainbow bridge. Mm-hmm up and throughout our body. I think it's a really beautiful way to kind of think of all of the chakras and how the colors tie in with it. And I don't know, I'm so, I'm so fascinated by it because it's something that I just started learning about the last few years and I have a lot more to learn, but. Well, and I think, 
Yeah. I was like, God, we could just can go so many different directions too with this. It's such a deep topic. Um, <laughs> yes. No, truly. Yeah. Um, I was put onto the chakras. It was kind of like the start of my spiritual journey. It was because my palm chakras were like activated or really mm. came into, just started moving when actually when my son was born. And so that's, I kept trying to figure out why, like what was going on. I had these, I called them my whirlpools in my hands and they would just kind of turn on and turn off. But through that process, I learned so much, you know, that there's, what is it like 144 chakras or a hundred and I don't know that the body has there's so many. I actually don't know for sure, yeah. but something crazy. Yeah. And there's like, like chakras above and below. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah those yeah. are really, really important too. Yeah. I think not that we need to dive into it, but the root star and the, and the star charts, solar star chakra are um, very important. And like in working with them for myself, I have found a lot of healing. Yeah. But that's, and that's the thing. I think I was like, oh, you know, the, the chakras, but I didn't see outside of just really kind of like the base, like the foundational chakras. Mm. So it was really fascinating yeah. to understand, well, duh, right? Like are we are energetic beings and this energy is flowing through us and, you know, hello. So um, anyway, but I think one of the things that we'd love to hear about too is how did you stumble across this information? Like what brought you into this space of really understanding, you know, all, all things chakras. Um, so if you could tell us about that and of course your journey with yoga and just what brought you into the spiritual space. Yeah. Oh man. And they are like definitely intertwined. Um, I would say my, I realized recently that my spiritual awakening happened at the very first concert I went to when I was like 15 years old. Um, that's yeah. like when I just, and I had been, I didn't grow up particularly religious or anything, but I had been to youth groups and I'd been to church before when we like sang. And um, I, I always found myself really entranced and enchanted by um, the church in those moments when we were singing to a higher God or power, what have you, you know, like who it was or any, anything else around that didn't fully resonate for me or land. Um, but I just felt so good, like singing to something bigger than myself. And when I went to that concert when I was 15, I, I felt that again. And I, I felt just truly enmeshed with something bigger than myself and energy and realized that's when my third eye really like awoken to this like perception of truth and connection and like realizing that my intuition always led me here and that it was going to continue to lead me into deeper levels of like fulfillment and connection and peace, you know? Um, and from there was not much later that I, I had, I had taken some yoga classes in, in high school and, um, even in my uh, middle school, I think we had like a pre like zero AM class yoga offering. Um, so I had like dabbled in yoga and I also did cheer and gymnastics in middle school. So like movement had been, um, something that was like medicine for me and, and like served me, um, all throughout middle school. But it wasn't until I started doing yoga in college that something just like clicked, um, and I had some really great teachers and just, I remember sending my teacher this email and I was like, I love this yoga stuff so much. How can I do it for the rest of my life? Like, how can I do what you're doing? You know? And she pointed me in the direction of this yoga studio in Federal Way that I ended up doing my 300 hour yoga training with. Um, and so I started going and practicing yoga there and just starting to feel like so just entranced and mesmerized by dropping into my body and how that would just quiet my mind and bring me back to the simple truth of how good it feels to be in a body and how in that space, I wasn't overanalyzing myself. I wasn't judging myself. I could actually find love and compassion for myself. And um, in middle school, high, early high school, I struggled with like depression after hurting my back and I couldn't cheerlead anymore. And then I fell into an eating disorder, which I went through some outpatient for and just that's where mindfulness was really introduced to me was in my outpatient program. We um, did this five senses meditation where you chop into all your senses and, and just notice what's there. 
And it was just this revelation for me after those key experiences of like, whoa, I could get out of my head and stop judging myself and stop overanalyzing myself and stop feeling so much like loathing towards myself for whatever reason, you know, the teenage angst was very real. And it, it, it brought me back to this like simple, pure, loving truth. Um, and from there I decided to take this big leap and move to North Carolina to do my 200 hour training. Um, I, at the time was really enmeshed with a group of friends who I found through college and, and I went to, I did early running start college. So I started college at 17, my junior year. Um, and so that's when it was like 17 when I found the whole, I found yoga really, um, in a deeper way. And even though I loved my friends in my community and I was having a lot of really beautiful experiences, I was like, I need to challenge myself and push outside of my comfort zone. And, you know, I started reading just some light yoga literature and realizing that there's these like commandments of, um, you know, inner and outer morals and ways of being like the yamas and the niyamas, which have things to do with like truth and nonviolence and um, non-attachment, non-stealing, purity, connection to source and all these things. And I was just like so excited and just starting to feel something deeper in my life, something very real that I didn't need to get from anybody else. You know, it was all this inner, um, inner fulfillment that was beginning to happen in my life through discovering yoga. So I went and did that and did my 200 hour yoga training in North Carolina, living with my mom where she had just moved to be with her husband. And it was a beautiful program and I got a lot from that experience. And um, at the end of that training, really tragically lost somebody to um, just a really horrible circumstance. Someone I really cared for was was killed and it shattered my whole mm. world. Yeah. And it like it makes me really emotional to think about it because like if that had happened and I I knew when it happened and I and I felt that grief and I felt so lost and so unsure of what to do with this heaviness in my heart. But I knew I was gonna be okay because I had yoga, because I had found myself and I had found inner fulfillment that didn't have to do with anyone outside of myself. And I felt grief and pain before, you know, in my, in, in my earlier adolescence. And I was like, fuck, if I didn't, if I didn't choose this path, I, I don't know what I would do right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and in that way, yeah. I feel like yoga yeah. really did save my life. Um, and has continued to through the journey of healing in that grief. Um, and you know, realize what a great age to find that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel blessed and also realize that I was, I was brought here to help others find that healing that I found Mm -hmm. and um, that it, it's going to, it would take a lifetime (laughs) to, to really ingrain it and share it in the ways that it wants to be shared and really needs to be shared um, at the time, at this time on our planet. Um, So I feel really grateful and blessed to have been chosen to do this work um, and that I get to help initiate others on their journeys too because uh, that is just what we really need right now and there is so much grief on the planet and um, yeah. I have always wanted to do something with my pain, um, make sense of it, understand it, you know, and then my, when I was moving through my eating disorder, I'm starting to be like, okay, why am I like this though? Like what made me this way to hate myself so much to like do these things to my body that were so hurting, hurting my body? Like, why am I so against this body? And that's when I discovered pretty quickly after going into like therapy for it, that I had, you know, experienced sexual abuse and molestation that I had like repressed for years and years. Um, And so like that has just always been such a part of my my DNA and my makeup is to like, try to understand why my pain is a lot. Like where, what, what does it stem from? Um, and I think that that's just work that we're not taught, you know, and that we need to be held and like need to learn how to hold each other in is the why of why we're suffering. Mm-hmm. And also realizing that we have a choice to choose happiness, to turn our pain into our like purpose really as 
you know, bypassing as that can sound, it really is like where true empowerment comes from is realizing that we have a choice and that we don't have to live in suffering. And that's just been Mm -hmm. my journey so much is realizing that I don't have to suffer, that there's, there is another side to this. Um, And so through the years of healing through grief and, you know, I wasn't able to teach yoga for the first four years after getting my certificate and it sucked for a really long time, but I realized now, and there was like this, always this part of me that was like, there's gotta be a reason that I was like prolonged in this teaching journey. There's gotta be a deeper reason here. Cause I, there was so many days and so many moments where I was so pissed and so frustrated that this happened to me. You know, that victimhood was like something that we're all, we all get to work through from time to time. And especially when you experience such deep grief, mm-hmm. you're like, what? Mm-hmm. You do this to me, universe, you know? Um, but yeah. I, I I trusted, I tried to trust all along that there was a mere reason. And now I kind of see that that reason is, was one for me to like develop this care and love and appreciation for this practice because it has like saved me. Um, and two, it gave me the space to really get clear about why I'm doing this, where it wants to come from and to build my relationship with intention. Like you always so lovingly share with me, Danica, um, the reflection of the intention that I put into what I offer. Um, and what really like inspired me originally to want to be a yoga teacher was, um, I always said this from day one, it's like those little nuggets of wisdom that you hear in a yoga class that just stick with you. Um, and I just want to do that with people because it was just so yummy and like, so like, Oh, like someone's rooting for you that you didn't even know was like cared, you know, um, like yoga cares. Mm -hmm. That's why I love yoga. And, um, it really has taught me that I have a choice to be happy, to be empowered, to, um, thrive, you know, that it's my birthright to feel joy and connection and, um, and I did, I've done this a couple of times where I find these community spaces or whatever have you that I have connections with the people who work and own the place and want to just so eager to share teaching and to teach and to like get myself out there. And so I started teaching at this crystal shop where they had just cleared out their back room and wanted to create like a community space and they were doing sound baths and all these other things. And it was really lovely and it was a great place to start. My first class was full and all my friends came and it was really sweet. But then like after that kind of dwindled and sometimes no one would show up because it's a, it's a crystal shop not a yoga studio you know I had to put all this work into marketing and it was this whole thing right. and whatever it was it was really like it was really nice though you know I loved it and um and then I I subbed my first two classes at three trees yoga which is where I was doing my 300 hour at the time and working the front desk there um so I was really integrated in that space and uh yeah then the pandemic happened I was like for real like for freaking real. I was just getting there. <laughs> right. I was really like ready to start teaching and they were like going to give me a class, my own class six months from then, all these things. I was just frustrated and pissed and wanted to throw in all the towels. But there was this little voice inside of me that was like, trust, mm-hmm. trust. Don't yeah. worry about it. It This is all the way it's supposed to unfold. Like there's nothing you can do, but trust. I was like, okay, yeah. okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will do that to the best of my ability. And it was yeah. about a year later, um, March 2021, where I was introduced to a static dance, um, which I had already been developing a dance practice and whatnot on my own through the pandemic after being told my whole life that I was an awkward dancer and had no rhythm. Um, and a year after being oh, in a static dance God. culture, I'm now stepping into performance arts and dancing on stages. So that's a full like 180 in my life. <laughs> Um, Absolutely, that's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Those who don't know, static dance is sober dancing, um, where people just come together just for the sake of dancing. There's no drugs involved, no alcohol involved, just DJs, live music, and good community. Um, And it has been such a deep source of healing for me. And another place where like embodiment has has shown up on my path. And another small piece I'll, I'll throw in there about what really healed me and what I feel like part of my spiritual awakening has been is um, in those years, what I call the dark night of the soul or dark night of my soul. When I was moving through that grief and finally detached from the group of friends that were connected to that person that we lost, um, 
I was so enmeshed in Three Trees, my yoga studio, and this beautiful witchy goddess, Sarah Corbishley, um, was holding these circles, like series, like six to eight week series in the studio on any topic between the chakras, goddesses, um, shamanic journeying, all these things. And there was a group of about four to six of us who had consistently come to her series. And this is where I discovered healing circles. And um, mm. I, I really like have to toss my hat off to healing circles as being like the, the heart of my healing and the heart of my um, true awakening, I would say, because this is where all the pieces of yoga, philosophy, mindfulness, healing, grief, all came full circle, quite literally, um, in these spaces where I was able to right, use this throat chakra energy to express my pain, to express my like my experience, to grieve and to be celebrated in my vulnerability. So much so in those circles over those like two-ish years when I would gather with these women, you know, just, just like that space to be seen in my suffering, that safe space to be seen and held and guided through my suffering and my grief was the medicine, was absolutely the game changer in my life. It stopped being about the physical postures of yoga and so much more became the living embodied experience of union of mind, body, and spirit, which for those who don't know, yoga means to yoke or to union, um, to bring into wholeness. Um, so I really, I feel like, oh, so much of my path to those circles that showed me my strength in my vulnerability. Um, and now that is like such an integral part of what I weave into my offerings and into my classes and um, and as part of where I'm really taking my journey is to hold these circles in these spaces with me and Danica do these beautiful solstice and equinox journeys that have been such a beautiful expression of that. And um, I really want to get into teaching more yoga circles, which is basically what we do um, yeah. with just includes yeah. sound bath and some energy healing. But I just think when you combine movement and integration in that circle space where, you know, like I said, for me, it's like those golden nuggets that are shared or those things that come up, those like insights that you get when you're moving in your body, giving space to integrate them, to work with a specific theme, whether it be like expansion, transformation, joy, playfulness, like whatever it is, when we get to investigate these parts of ourselves the many, many thousands of intricate parts of ourselves, um, through movement, through the body, get healing in and through our body, because that's the body remembers everything that we don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's where all of our deepest yeah. comes from. Right. And, and that way is how I live and embody the rainbow bridge of the chakras, you know, is like starting at that foundation of our roots of our bodies of feeling um, through, through our emotions into that integration of perception, pattern recognition, and transcendence of this reality into something bigger than ourselves. And um, seeing now how those days when I would just be practicing yoga in my bedroom before I even took my teacher training, because I was just so lit up by the practice and I would light all my candles and I would light an incense and finally find space. Because I struggled so much with being alone. I never wanted to be alone. Mm. I always wanted to go be hanging out with people. I never wanted to just be with myself. But yoga gave me that space to be like, I rock. I really like spending yeah. time with myself when I can light some candles and move my body, you know? Um, yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that it pretty much wraps up the, <laughs> the journey of my, my spirit mm. through the chakras and yoga and how they've all really guided me to sharing this all with you guys today. No, it's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you called out the healing circles because I think that for me too was such a big part of my sort of starting of my spiritual journey. But being able to share space with women who are willing to be vulnerable and willing to share and show up and talk about the kind of things that are, you know, shared in spaces like that was so big because so many of our friends come from 
their work friends or maybe their friends that you grew up with or their friends who know a version of you that maybe aren't ready to understand a deeper or a more evolved version of you. And so mm-hmm. I love those spaces. And I, I just encourage, encourage any of our listeners, if that feels like something that feels good for you to, to find your people and find those places, because I just, I, like you, I just feel like I, you know, I, experienced so much and I learned so much about myself through it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in the Seattle area, Indigo and I do them every equinox and every solstice um, at a yoga studio in West Seattle, you're all welcome to join us. Of course. Well, and Indigo, I just have to share this with you that the first time that Danica went to one of your classes, or maybe it was like the first event you guys did together. I think she called me after and was like, wow. Like there, there is something about her energy, the way that she speaks, her wisdom that is so healing and so powerful. She was like, ah, she's real deal. You know, like <laughs> you've got to go. So I, I say that as a, as a shout out to you for, for anyone listening mm-hmm. to, um, to check out her offerings, you know, if you're not able to go in person too, but just because of, you know, of who you are was, um, was just so powerful. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we're going to do a part two of the shadow sides of the chakras, um, Indigo. I, as I say to everyone, you're the most thoughtful yoga teacher I've ever experienced. So thank you so much for being here with us today. And as always, we will put how to get in touch with her and her social medias in the show notes. Um, but thank you. This was, I learned a lot. I know. Today, so and I can't so wait much. to dive in deeper. Yeah. So Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The shadow is where the fun part comes in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How to work with them. I'm like, oh, we've got a lot to, yes. to touch yes. on there. So, mm-hmm. all yeah. right. Well, thank you guys so much. Okay. Excited to drop in again and just sending so much love to you guys. Yeah. This has been such a beautiful experience mm. to just reflect. And I feel like um, just even more dots connected for me in my own journey in, in sharing this. So, I just love to see how the evolution continues. So thanks for holding space for that. Yes, of course, always.